Today's scripture reading is going to be found in Luke 19, 1 through 10. I'll give you guys a moment to open up to it while I open up to it. Again, that's Luke 19, 1 through 10. And this is what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to, the guest, gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation, came to this, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. story boxing story which every good story ends or starts with boxing story um in high school um two buddies of mine um they were really really excited about the new ufc gym that was opening in anchorage they were super excited they loved martial arts they loved boxing and so they were going to go when it opened and they were going to jump in the ring together well, their conversation sort of happened like this. Oh, you want to challenge me to boxing? Okay. Ten bucks says I win. This, of course, is coming from uh, the guy who has no athletic ability whatsoever and is uh, quite thin and, and um, dare I say, scrawny. Um, I am worried for his life because I am listening to this conversation happen next to me. And then another part of me was also very interested to see how that it will play out. Because the, uh, the other guy was a boxing his whole life since he was like three years old. So I'm very excited about this and a little nervous. And so, uh, of course, the whole way there in the car, it's, it's the weekend comes and we're, we're driving over there and they're going back and forth at each other. Yeah, okay, like you can take me, you know, all that kind of stuff. A little trash talk back and forth. And so we get there. They hop in the ring. They have these new fancy gloves because the gym just opened, and they're just super excited. And, uh, and then it, the, the bell dings, and they, they, they uh, start approaching each other. Their hands are both up. And for about 30 seconds, they start going at each other. You know, they're, they're blocking and, and swinging punches. And for just a second, I said, okay, maybe this will be okay. And then right after... Boom! This kid goes down like a rock. Does he get up? No. No, he is out cold. And he doesn't get up for about two minutes. And in his unconsciousness, a black eye formed around his eye. While we checked if he was okay, we also laughed quite a bit. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. And so... um. He, he finally, he wakes up. There's nothing serious. There's no serious injury. He, he just got knocked out. Um, and so we're sitting there, and lo and behold, 
his girlfriend, who started her new job at the gym, came over. The only reason he wanted to go into the boxing ring was to impress her. And so she says, you don't know how to box? What were you thinking? And he goes, well, I was, I was trying to show off a little bit. I was trying to impress you. I thought maybe I would look manly if I was in the, in the boxing ring. And she says, no, it, if you're going to talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. And that is what today's message is all about. Not just talking the talk, but walking the talk. And I'll tell you what, that is so important in our relationship with Jesus. Because so many of us, and hopefully all of us, we claim that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We claim that, that he is the one that we follow. He is, we try to imitate him in all that we do, right? That's our goal. But how many of us, uh, no, no show of hands, and no look, look around the room or anything like that. That's Because that's not what this is about. But how many of us probably know somebody who maybe claims they have this deep relationship with Christ that is constantly growing, but in reality there is nothing being done. There is stagnation, or maybe even going backwards. And we see this all the time. So if we claim to have a relationship with God, and we better be honest about that, and we better walk our talk. And so that brings us to this story of Zacchaeus. Now, we probably have all heard the, the Zacchaeus story at least once, or maybe we heard the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Yeah, we, and we probably could go on and sing that all day. It's probably going to be stuck in your heads forever now, so you're welcome. But I really want to focus, because there's a few passages that I want to look at today, but I really want to focus on those last three verses. And verse 8. Now this is just after Jesus has said, I'm going to stay at your house today. So we must go. We must go immediately. And Zacchaeus, I've, uh, not until recently, I uh, haven't looked at this in this light before. I think it's just so powerful. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. That's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting that he uses that, that terminology. He says, look, Lord. He didn't say, look here, Jesus, or look here, man. That's all right. You want to stay in my house? Okay, cool. He says, look, Lord. This was a powerful experience for, Z for Zacchaeus. If, the Bible doesn't tell us whether he was a believer before, but if he wasn't, well, he surely is now. To make such a proclamation, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That's quite amazing. And, and uh, I, should, I should note that four times the amount uh, for us uh, here today, that seems, wow, four times, that's so generous. That's, that must have been a lot of money. Actually, uh, it was the law here uh, to pay back something four times the amount. If, if something were to be cheated or, or stolen, um, then they would have to pay four times the amount. So that was pretty common. But the fact that he goes from this transition to, to look, Lord, Maybe he said that for the first time. And then he says, I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. You see, sometimes in our relationship with God, we, we start the relationship. And maybe it starts off on a really high note. 
Maybe something happens in your life that just really pulls you to Jesus. And that relationship is awesome in the beginning. Uh, Sometimes we call it a spiritual high, if you've heard that term before. But it's the relationship starts out really good with Jesus. And you believe in him, you claim him in your life, you ask him into your heart. Jesus, I need you. You're my Lord. Be my Lord and Savior. I can't do this alone. And then maybe weeks go by or maybe even days go by or months go by. And that relationship, that spiritual high kind of comes down. And it's not the same. Maybe there's no more growth. Maybe that, that initial reaction or the, uh, that initial event of Jesus coming into your life, starting that relationship with him, that's great. But that's not it. It's not over. Our relationship doesn't end there. Any of us who are, who are in a relationship or any kind of relationship, friendship, family, um, you know, spouse, It takes work, it takes time, and that develops over time. And so when we leave Jesus of where we started, then how does that make sense? How can we build our relationship with him? How can we uh, say that we're walking with him and that we're imitating him if we're leaving him where we started? Zacchaeus, I, I just love this great example because he goes from this idea of salvation Um, Well, actually, let me read verse 9 first. It says, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus is this excellent example for us. And we don't really get any information about what happens next. But we see this, look, Lord. We see this this, uh, idea of salvation. Now, he believes in God. He's giving his life over to God. And we see this because now he goes a step further. Here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. But he doesn't stop right at, look, Lord. When Jesus asked him uh, to come to his house, he didn't say, look, Lord, that sounds good. I'll meet you at five. No, 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 he, he goes a step further. And then I wonder what our relationships would look like if we continued to walk with him every single moment every single second of the day because i'll be the first to say it's hard uh, to to follow jesus and to imitate him all the time we're human and we make mistakes but what would our relationship with him look like and what would that growth look like if we continued every single minute walking with him trying to imitate him and be like him i wonder what kind of effect that would have on other people in turn as well um here's an example for for a lot of people know that I love to cook. I love it. Um, I, I've told a few people before that if God hadn't called me to authorship, praise the Lord that he did, I probably would have went on to do more culinary arts. So I love cooking. And uh, lately I've been uh, really liking uh, Korean food and Cajun food. Vastly different, but that's what I've really been into lately. And so not too long ago I made Cajun barbecue shrimp. Mm. Yes, good stuff. I'm going to make you guys really hungry today, so uh, I hope you have a good lunch. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm making this, and I really have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I've just been kind of going off of a few videos, a few recipes that people um, have done before, and kind of trying to do my own thing at the same time. So, so I get these shrimp, whole shrimp, heads and everything, and um, I'm tossing them in the seasoning. I... Um, got olive oil on them now and I put them on the grill and not too much because you don't want them to be fully done because then you got to take them back inside and continue cooking them. So I bring them back inside 
I put them in a, in a pretty deep uh, fry pan, and then I pour in uh, Worcestershire sauce, chopped rosemary, some parsley, um, some garlic. Smelling really good, and I just let that simmer there for a bit. And if you've ever um, had Worcestershire sauce or a lot of it, it's pretty strong. Um, and so it's all simmering there. I'm making some um, rice on the side, and I come back, and uh, I'm, I'm smelling really good. And what do I got to do? I've got to try it. And so I try it, and I'm saying, oh, that's really good. That's real good. I should just stop here. It couldn't get any better than this. And so I, I look at, uh, you know, what everything I had written down, the recipe, and um, I remember that they said that um, you have to add butter or else it'll just kind of separate and it, it will never uh, thicken to the right consistency. Um, and so it says add butter, but it says add three sticks of butter. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that's a lot of butter. That's a lot of butter. Um, and so I pull out three sticks of butter. I said, you know what, I'm doing, what the heck, I've never done this before, so I'm just going to follow this, what other people have done, and it's worked out for them, so I'm going to add three sticks of butter. So I, I chop it up in these little cubes, I'm adding a little bit at a time, and I know everyone's probably picturing this, this a little bit of butter emulsifying with the shrimp, the shrimp's just soaking up that nice seasoning spice, it's, it's good. And, um, and so... I get to three sticks of butter is in there now. And it looks a lot different. And it smells a lot different. Um, and so I always taste it before I give it to anyone else. Because my worst fear is giving food to somebody and them, like, either getting sick or, like, passing out at the dinner table. That's, like, my worst fear. And so I try it. Oh, my goodness. Salvation has come to this house today. I am thrilled. It is amazing. It's so tasty. I can hear colors now. I can see the wind. Life is changed right in front of me. And the sad part is, I almost didn't do it. I was really close to not adding that butter in. And it's so sad because we see this all the time in, um, in individuals' relationships with God. Maybe we've been there where we've said, you know what, this is good. Um, I don't need to do anymore. And maybe we don't say that, but our actions show that. Where we're not growing anymore. We're not adding that butter in. We're not doing anything else to grow closer to God. We just kind of, after that moment of salvation, maybe that moment at the altar where for the first time we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, but, but then really nothing happens after it's hard to see. And maybe that's, that's been us uh, once or twice before in our lives. Maybe we've become stagnant in our own relationships with God. But I guess the question for us is, are we growing? Are we continuing to grow with God? Are we continuing to walk with Him? Have we become stagnant, maybe, in our relationship with Him? And that is hard. That is really hard to, to progress in our life. And especially when, when the challenges and the hardships happen, because they do happen, God promises that life is not going to be easy. The hardships will happen. And when they do, are we going to be ready to overcome those? And the ways that we can be ready for those is by continuing to grow with God every day.
right, but not becoming stagnant. Uh, another um, portion of scripture that I really wanted to look at, uh, such a relatable uh, person in scripture that I think really just uh, hammers it home for me. His name's Paul, once called Saul. And, um, and we can talk about Saul all day. There's so much about him. But I really want to focus on a couple of key verses that he writes in the midst of hardship, in the midst of, of suffering. And so we know that uh, Paul, uh, his name was Saul. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was not a great guy. His actions definitely were not glorifying to God at, th at this one point in his life. And God, uh, on the road to Damascus, Paul, or sorry, Saul is traveling on the road to Damascus, and God presents himself to Saul. And Saul will go on this amazing faith journey where he finally accepts Christ as his Lord and Savior. But his struggles don't end there. So many of us, we, we tend to think that, you know, God loves us, uh, and he's got our backs all the time. Why am I experiencing this hardship? Why am I even trying? God obviously isn't doing what I need him to do, so I guess I'll just stop here. I'll stop praying to God. And we essentially stop our growth in our relationship with him. But he says this in 2 Corinthians 4, a verse that um, is, is relatively popular, but I love it. I just think it's so powerful, and it's so relatable to all of us. 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And here it is. Here's why I love this because of this next verse. We carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. I love that. Life can really feel like this, can it? And, and Paul was, was really understanding what it meant to suffer for Christ now. Uh, he has a, a few different uh, sections where he's saying, you know, I was, I was flogged several times. I was stoned once. I was shipwrecked. I've been beaten. He understands the suffering and the pain that, that humans feel. And I know that each and every one of us in this room have felt pain of some kind at one point or another. And those are the times where we start to, to struggle when, when following Christ is the hardest, when we're in the midst of pain. But that verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. We may feel pressed on every side at times. We may feel that the, the struggles of life, the, the daily interactions we have at work or, or, or school or, or wherever can feel like we're just being pressed in. But God gave his life so that his life and his power can help us not to feel crushed. And he did this as well, so that when we're perplexed, when we don't understand what life is, why this is happening to us, we can know that we're not abandoned, that we're not in despair. 
and that the devil uh, sometimes in our life is going to try to make us feel like we are destroyed when we, are st- when we feel struck down, when we feel like there is just so much on our shoulders that we, how can we possibly stand anymore? But that's why we carry around the death of Jesus with us. That's why we walk with him every single day so that when the devil tries uh, his little tricks, we can know that we are not destroyed because we have the life of Jesus Christ in us. And this question is, is really challenging to ask. It would be for any of us to ask ourselves this. Do we carry around the death of Jesus? And in turn, do we let his life, his light shine through us? Because dare I say very bluntly, garbage in, garbage out. If we're not carrying around Jesus, what are we carrying? And if we are claiming that we carry Jesus with us wherever we go and we walk with him and we imitate him, if we claim that, but what's coming out does not glorify God at all, then we are liars. We are liars. So that question, do we carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies? God is leading me in a different direction at this moment. Um, Presley, could you play some piano for us? Thank you. You know, the, the hard part about this is we live in a world that is full of corruption, full of pain, full of suffering, and we see it all around. We see it all around. There's, it doesn't just happen with one of us. To win the world for Christ, it's not just one of us. It's not just me. It's not just Ian. It's not just Mark. It's and not just uh, Berta back there. It's not just one of us. It's every single one of us. That's what it's going to take to win the world for Christ. So if we're not carrying around the death of Jesus, again, I ask, what are we carrying around? How can we expect to uh, let God's light shine through us if, if we've left God where we started, back at the, the start line? How can we show other people that God loves them if we're not letting that love shine through? It doesn't make any sense. We can't win the world for Christ if we're not walking with him every day. That's my challenge for us, is that when we walk out of the door, We don't walk out of there still at the start line. Because we have a whole faith journey to walk with Christ. And there are plenty of other people that are going to need our Christ-like example. But if we're not showing it, then today is an excellent opportunity to spend some time with God at the altar. An excellent opportunity. If you're not walking with Christ right now, by the time you leave the chapel, I hope you are. And I hope that when you claim to be an imitator of Christ, I hope that when you claim that he is your Lord and Savior, that your actions show it as well.
you'll have some time to spend it with God, and I really hope it's not wasted today. Spend some time with God, and, and then we'll close together. We need you, we need you, because we live in a fallen world. And it is true, we can't do it on our own. And so, Lord, we claim your love today. We claim your peace and your guidance, God. We claim you. And, Lord, as we claim you, help us to show that on the outside. Help us to make those Christ-like decisions. Help us to follow you at every turn. So that when the devil tries to come knocking, we can say, get out of here. I'm a Christ follower. Help us to be more like you, God. Help us to win the world for you. May your spirit be in us wherever we go. Help us keep walking with you. Keep our feet moving, God. Because when we talk the talk, we've got to be ready to walk it as well. We ask all of this in your precious name. Amen.